Cam, Dylan, let me guess. Large soda, large popcorn? Yeah, you know it. Would you like butter on that? Yeah, extra butter. Extra Butter Podcast. Well, speaking of a classic, we're live, baby. Welcome to Extra Butter, your podcast for great conversation and great movies. This is Cam. How's it doing? And listen, we have a special, special guest in the building. Uh, we go all the way back to the Disney College program. This guy means so much to me. I'm so happy he could join us today. Mr. Ryan Arnold. Mm-hmm. Give it up. Give it up. What's going on, Ryan? How you feeling, buddy? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I really like talking about this kind of stuff. And you mean a lot to me, too. So I'm glad to be here. Nice, man. Ryan, uh... Ryan's pick for today's uh, episode is a film that, to be honest, Dylan's been trying to do for a while as well. <laughs> like, this film is very influential. Uh, I think any person that's ever seen this movie can remember the time they saw Spirited Away. Um, it is such a groundbreaking piece of cinema. And I just wanted to start off, Ryan, like, what made you pick this movie? Well, so... I love Ghibli. It's not my favorite Ghibli movie. Oh, really? Is yeah, my favorite is actually Kiki's Delivery Service. There but you go. Mm. When I thought about the movie that I wanted to discuss with you guys, it is the first Ghibli movie that I actually remember seeing that I can actually think about where I was when I was watching it, and you know, and there's so much to talk about here. Like they take so much from different. Um, countries fairy tales and cultures fairy tales and so there's so much here to talk about um, I feel like Kiki's Delivery Service could also be included in a Pixar discussion now because a lot of the newer Disney and Pixar movies there's no villains there's no, it's just growing up growing sure. things and so Kiki's Delivery Service and Spirited Away are different in that because um, Spirited Away is more high fantasy related and oriented yeah. so that's why I would pick it over Kiki's Delivery Service to talk about that makes total sense yeah for the kids that don't know when you used to pop in your VHS tape it would come with a plethora of previews and I remember the earliest notion of a of a Ghibli film was a preview on one of those tapes of Kiki's Delivery Service and it was <laughs> set to the to the cranberries dreams where it was like oh my god <laughs> she was just <laughs> flying around on a broom and stuff and i was just like what the hell is this and i fast forward knowing not knowing that uh young dylan was missing uh cinema gold yeah because that that was another question that i had uh one of the, one of the questions i wanted to ask the guys was when did you first see this movie because i saw this movie a lot late i didn't see it till college it took me a long time to get on to Ghibli and the amazing work that he does. I wanted to know, did you guys see it? Because it came out in 2001, right? So it's like, yes, this movie's been out for a while. But like, when did you first, I saw with Dylan, when did you first watch this movie? Last year. Get out of here, bro. <laughs> Last year, I went on an insane bender 
and I just said, I want to watch all of Miyazaki's films that like he personally directed, not exactly all the Ghibli films. Sure. And I went from I went through his entire filmography and just completely kept reordering which one was my favorite. Because as with Ryan, this is not my favorite. My favorite is actually Howl's Moving Castle. Oh. And um, yeah, I, I I feel so bad that I did not see these films beforehand. But I feel great about seeing them now because I think older me appreciated them a lot more than younger me would have. Yeah, that's how I feel too. I feel like watching it in college kind of gave me an introspective to the film that I definitely wouldn't have grabbed. Like... To me, it's like as a kid, what made me excited was hearing Donny Osmond sing I'll Make a Man Out of You. Donny. You know I mean? <laughs> Donny out here pelting out these vocals. Is what, I don't think I would have got it, really, as a kid. So, like, I'm glad that I waited. Ryan, did you see this? You saw this later in life, too, right? Yeah, so, first of all, I'm older than both of you. <laughs> so <laughs> We're not I... talking about you, Ryan. Come on now. Oh, well, I mean, really, like, so when it came out in America, 2003, two or three, I was a junior in high school. So I was 16 years old watching this. And it's so weird. Like, you guys are both going to die laughing when I say this. But <laughs> I remember watching this movie for the first time on DVD. And I had a uh, assignment for my family dynamics class, that weird class where you had to take take a baby doll home for a yeah. week. Yeah, wow. And wow. So I had a stack of movies, and I was like, if I have to stay up all night to get your stupid crying baby, then I'm going to watch some quality shit while I'm doing it, you know? <laughs> and that's one of the movies that I watched. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Was this... Was the baby like it was like a like actually programmed to cry, so you'd have to like be yes, up with it? Like, yes, I was lucky because mine. This is stupid, but I was lucky because mine had a short in it, so it would start laughing before yeah. it started crying. <laughs> so I knew when it was gonna start, and I would just flip it over and do the thing, you know. Yeah. You just hear the laughter. You hear laughter and you're like, no, no, no. Ryan, your first time watching this movie is with interrupted cries from a fake baby. Yeah. Uh, uh, That's hilarious, though. (laughs) That's crazy. Just kind of putting the fake baby under a couple pillows just to muffle it. Shut up, man. I'm trying to hear this beautiful piano. Beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> oh. well it's uh it's it's actually really cool to hear something like that because uh, i'm forgetting about yeah that i was probably in like elementary school in 01 but this film was a huge deal to come over and even uh john lassiter who at the time obviously was with disney pixar and pixar was killing it because i think 01 was what was that right around uh like toy story 2 time wasn't it yeah, sounds right. So they were about to just blow up, blow up. But he was so enamored with this film that he pushed Disney heavy to get USA distribution rights. And this uh, Spirited Away went on to win the Oscar that year for Best Animated Feature, which was huge for a for a huge. Japanese film. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to also get into uh, just like the basic plot of this film. Um, so it follows Chihiro. Um, and I, okay. The the movie, when I first watched it in college, reminded me a lot of 
a certain other uh, Disney film later. I'll get to it. So obviously we have Chihiro, who is our main protagonist. She's moving to a different place with her parents. As they're driving to that place, they encounter like this fair, right? It's like a carnival fair-esque place. Uh, they get there. Their parents are distracted by this uh, beautiful assortment Dude. of food. And the golden like, corral. <laughs> bro, the way that they, the way anime makes food look, it looks so freaking delicious, dude. It looks so good that her parents don't even question it. They just start mowing down <laughs> on like mystery, it. mystery meat buffet. Don't question it at all, dude. Um, yeah. So yeah, of course her parents get down. Uh, but what they don't know is that they're in like a bathhouse and the food was meant for spirits. Um, so when they eat this food, they become literal pigs. Uh, and when that happens, <laughs> Chihiro's like, that's crazy. And she leaves them. <laughs> and Yo. this is the part, and this is the part when it, it reminds me of a different Disney film because it it or not that this is a Disney film, but it reminds me of a Disney film because the it kind of reminds me of Alice in Wonderland, where it's like uh she's taken to a place and it's like very different and mystical, and there's a bunch of things she needs to do. In order to get back to what she sh like, does that make sense? Like Wizard of Oz, like it's like she's in a different place to where by the end of the movie, you don't know if it was a dream or if it really happened. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, yeah, I, I <laughs> the the I just okay. So I first wanted to talk about. Um, I guess we can talk favorite characters. I mentioned to Dylan before you got on Ryan that I could talk for a while, and I feel like. Hopefully, I won't talk forever. So I wanted to hear from you guys this first. Who are your favorite characters in this movie? I'll start with Dylan, then I'll go Ryan. So Dylan, has, uh, Ryan has a little bit of time. Oh, man. The, <laughs> to preface mine, there is a stage version that they made of this. What? I don't know if you got to see it, Ryan. I haven't seen it, but I, I know about it. I, I, I checked it out real quick when it was in theaters, and then they put it on uh, the Max app, two different versions of two different actresses. And my the characters that I ended up being my favorite were because of how cool they were portrayed or how funny in the live version for some reason. And it's that damn frog. That frog kills me along with oh, the yeah. along with the triple floating heads that are that's around you, Baba. <laughs> Those are like my favorite things ever, and I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Ryan, do you have any favorite characters in this movie? Um, for me, I. I, I really like well, I'm, I like Chihiro, but I really like Haku because I feel bad. Mm. Like he mm. was literally like a spirit, and he had he forgot his name. Like he was under the spell of Yubaba for so long. I mean, maybe I'm getting ahead of what we're talking about. No, you're good, bro. Go for it. That he that he forgot his name. Like, and I I just feel so bad about that and the whole time there was like this connection between him and Chihiro and the whole time you're watching it and you're like on the edge of your seat like what why doesn't she remember him how are they connected you know so I just really that's just really moving for me about about um Haku's character but for comedy purposes I also really like the frog <laughs> yeah Ryan, do you like this film dubbed or do you like it in the Japanese? That's a great question. I've watched both. I like 
mostly I watch anime. I do watch anime dubbed just because I feel like I I like watching it in Japanese, but I feel like I have to pay more attention mm-hmm. if I'm watching it in Japanese. And if I'm watching it dubbed in English, I can do other things while, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person that likes to have stuff in the background. But for that reason, I tend to prefer dubbed things. But I I love the voice actors in the English version for this movie. You know. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I tend to find that the Japanese version works better for some of the comedy. It just seems snappier to me, so I really like the voice for the frog in it because it just works so well. But I really sympathize when it comes to animes because they're so much longer. But a lot of times when I do the films, I'll specifically do Japanese because I feel like I'm going to really tune in to this, you know, just because it's shorter and it's just like one piece altogether. But I've found that I can go back and forth with a number of Miyazaki's films that I can do, you know, English for this one, Japanese for that one. It's just kind of a preference, but I do find it fascinating. Dylan, is there any anime or yeah i guess anything anime that you prefer the english dub over the japanese or is it always you prefer no there's some i prefer the other way i can't even think of her um specifically for staying on miyazaki porco i really like porco in english okay uh there's something about like keaton's voice for the pig that i just think works really really well (laughs) i don't know it's just i don't know yeah that that one i'll definitely do the english one for First. More than anything, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, when it comes to me and favorite characters, again, I was telling Dylan beforehand, my favorite character by far is No Face, and I think it's mainly because in college I felt like I got it, like I understood what the character was going for. Uh, for people that don't know or haven't seen the movie, uh, No Face is like this black amoeba slash two like he's like a a strange being a ghost um that can eat people like uh kirby and then become them (laughs) or like like use their voice and stuff like that imitate them and there was something about his character arc throughout the film that i really enjoyed because it was that like in the beginning when he meets shihiro um, he has this strange connection to her that I did uh, have a question for later. Um, he has a strange connection to Hero. Then there's the bathhouse scene where he's like able to turn like, I think it's like mud into gold or something. He's able to like create gold. And of course the people at bathhouse are like sick and they're trying to use him. <laughs> and through like the way the environment is, he becomes more like hostile and aggressive. And then later in the film, when Shihiro and him get on the train there's like this somber moment and then he goes to meet um not yubaba ziba like the twin sister and ah uh, yeah yeah he meets them and then there's like this moment of like calmness to him and watching it i felt like it was like a play on like you are your surroundings almost like he embodies what is going on and I really enjoyed that character aspect because it felt like, man, this this character, though, again, no face, like he's just wearing this like blankless white mask with like some essence to it. You do feel this character like progress. And I thought it was like a really cool way to show a character that, again, is like 
only talking through eating people. And then other than that, it's just a mask. And mm. I really enjoyed that character uh, so freaking much, dude. I thought it was such a great, um, yeah, fantastic. Hmm. Also gets me into favorite scenes, too, because I, I know nothing happens on it. We're looking at it right now. The train scene to me is just beauty at its core, baby. So good. I, I love it. Um, it's so good. It, you know, it, there's a ton of moments like that in Miyazaki's film, and they're what I think they're like the the beautiful soul of his pictures that run through all of them. Is there's these select pieces throughout the movie where like the character does nothing. Yeah, it, it's something that I feel like you miss in America because I feel like we're a culture wrapped around like you know faster, faster, edit, edit, instant gratification. You know, short TikToks. It's bold for them to then just be like, okay, there's two minutes of this film where no one does anything. Here's Nausicaa, and she's just sleeping, like, on a big-ass mushroom. You know, here's Porco, and he's just flying. And then in this, it's they're taking a mystical train across the water, and all they kind of do is just sit quietly and allow you to reflect on the journey that they're on while they reflect on what they've been on. And it's something that I think we are sorely missing in the media that we have here in America. In today's, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Ryan, do you have any favorite scenes for this movie? For me, uh, it's any time Chihiro is running because it just looks so dumb. Like, <laughs> I just burst out laughing. Like, there's one scene where she's running away from the bathhouse and screaming. It came up on the video a few minutes ago. That's hilarious. And then she, like, slams him. She's screaming at the top of her lungs and she doesn't stop and slams into the wall. It's just hilarious. <laughs> like, it's just like, why are you running like that? Like, you're literally going to fall down. <laughs> I agree. I agree. That literally, the first time I saw this film, there was a good three quarters of it where I was like, I don't even like this girl. Like, she got mad attitude. She's got snooty personality, and then she's just yeah, like just yeah. I'm running around. Like, I don't. I, I mean, I sympathize. She's thrown into a situation where nothing is familiar, but I'm over there like. It took me a while for her to win me over, you know? In the beginning of the movie, isn't there a part where they're like, they say something like, you're going to go to school or something, and she's like, it's going to suck. Or so, doesn't that Yeah. Happen? Yeah. Like, she like moved to it. Yeah, you move, that's what it is, yeah. That's Jeez. too freaking funny, man. Um, I'm trying to think if I, if I had a favorite scene, like, in particular. I really, I, I yeah, the train scene is unbeatable. Yeah. Um, I like the one a lot where her and her basically the the older woman that like is a caretaker for her kind of just shares food with her and they sit together there's something about it that i'm just like i like that she's finally like learning what's going on here she's being like accepted and she's trying to like blend into her situation yeah. but to be honest anything with the soot sprites is just magical yeah like mm. for me if if we're talking about a scene that has me i mean i talked about the running scene that's for comedy <laughs> that has meat my favorite scenes are the one where he Haku tells Chihiro the significance of not forgetting her name then holding on to her goodbye card because it has her name on it and then the the very next scene she goes back looking for her clothes because she knows if she doesn't have them Yubaba will have more power over her and the soot sprites bring back her shoes to her I mean mm. that's that's really meaningful for me because it shows that she is moving 
beyond from, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I'm stuck in this land and she's formulating a plan. Okay, I need to go save my parents. I need to go do this thing. This is real. This is happening. So, you know, it yeah. shows growth. And also the Sith Sprites, you know, they want to help her. So, you know, I thought that that was really good. Also, it's just like watching Haku turn into a dragon to me, like when in college, I was just like, this is wild, bro. What? <laughs> Tat tattoos everywhere were born, dude. <laughs> yeah, everyone's yeah. <laughs> left bicep became a dragon in that moment. Jesus and it's usually, Christ. it's got to be him or somebody. There's so many dragons to pick from. Sheesh, dude. Yeah, and also, it's... Haku, he looks, he's a dragon, but he's furry, looks like a Labrador, looks mm. like... <laughs> yeah. Falcor from the Neverending Story, and that's my bro. <laughs> that is spot yeah. on, Ryan. That's oh too good. My God, he does. He looks like Falcor with a green mohawk, and like that's my favorite movie of all time. So I was like, oh, Haku looks like Falcor. This is awesome. You know, just, <laughs> just Falcor's younger brother that didn't get disciplined as much. <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what my name is. My river dried up. Like, <laughs> I'm just gonna go be a uh, apprentice to a witch. Like, I don't care. Yeah, it's Not just exactly. a, it's just a regular Tuesday. <laughs> it's just what happens around here. Were you gonna say, Dylan? I'm oh, sorry, I didn't cut you off. I was gonna say, there's so many of these. Usually, the animation films always have like that same kind of trope where there's characters that um that are like the animal sidekick that are anthropomorphized and they actually have like human characteristics you know you got like yeah. the chick the chicken and the and whatnot and like moana things like that but he always has like a different level of animals there'll be an animal like like um haku there and then there'll be like the soot sprites that appear like here and then also i guess you'd say in totoro as well the all the suits that are living in in the house there when they first move into it things like that and those i look forward to every time he makes a new film i'm just like where where's the little thing where's that little plushie that i'm gonna own later you know what i mean yeah i'm assuming that because i've never seen you said it was porky right what the is that what you said the movie was called porky the other um yeah is that the tattoo you have on your arm, Dylan? Oh yeah, this is okay. that is Porco. Porco, sorry, yeah, okay. I've never seen that one, so I was like, okay. Even when you showed it to me, I was like, I have no idea what this is referencing, but the tattoo looks freaking sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, Miyazaki himself, he was born in uh, forty-one. He turned freaking eighty-three this year. What he was joke. born right in the midst of World War Two, and his father, it, the company, built uh, parts for fighter planes. Mm -hmm. So he has a lot of. Uh, like built up just resentment about that even though they provided a, a living and they ran a company they were also kind of supporting war in that way by building parts for it so a ton of themes that are woven throughout his films are um war you know it's sure. degradation to society things like you know bombing aviation is heavy throughout most of his films you don't really get it here unless you count you know the dragon flying around but yeah stuff like the wind rises howls uh porco even kiki and stuff like that castle in the sky they all have different scenes of uh, aviation and nature is another huge component that he weaves throughout his stories and um he has a lot of lessons that he goes through about 
you know, going back to kind of simpler times, protecting nature, kind of letting it be uh, coming of age stories. I see specifically for Spirited Away, there's a lot of takes from people about um, that this film represents how toxic work is. Like when you get to the bathhouse, it's just struggle, struggle season, work super, yeah. super hard, make this money. When the gold starts coming out of no face, they're going to stab somebody just to get like a little piece of it. Right. And that it was about Japan's, um, you know, commun, you know, uh, not communism, but consumerism at the time. And, you know, just kind of the danger about living a life that that is that fast paced and uh, all about hustle, you know? Yeah, I think also like going off of what you just said and also what Ryan said, like the the exploration of like forgetting your name. You know what mm. I mean? Like that, like. If, it seems like he is he ha, he has this like stance of like like you said like going back to like simpler times mm-hmm. and almost like not forgetting your simpler times which could have been a metaphor for like don't forget your name you know what i mean like don't forget where you came from don't forget like those moments um yeah. when you forget them it's almost like you're not yourself anymore which is and hence why in this movie you change to become a completely different person you know what i mean yeah, and I think certain films and TV shows like Stranger Things and whatnot have banked on that uh, nostalgic feeling oh, of like, dude. oh, let me look back at the 80s. And although it, it, I think it's heavy on the glamorization that we're looking back the on. The 80s especially is like extremely huge, right now. Yeah, It's huge. But I think with his films, I think he gets to the deeper root of what nostalgia really is and it's just painful mm. it's looking back on something and even though it might have been special it was also painful and difficult to live in certain times and i think he represents that like tuity that he knows exactly what he's trying to get to so you always kind of leave his films with like you're laughing and there's brightness but there's also that like real beautiful undertone of like melancholy that you have throughout wow. all of it he can bring tears out of you with just like a stroke of like three piano chords. Yeah. Which is another yeah. thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, I know I said, what are your thoughts on like the animation style in our notes? But I also wanted to know like your thoughts on the animation style and also your thoughts on the music. Um, I'll start with Ryan. Ryan, do you have any like any any thoughts on like what you felt about this animation style uh, as opposed to what you'd see in like a Disney film and stuff like that, especially with like the the current stage of like 3d animation where it's like, you don't see anything like this anymore unless you're watching an anime. I mean, it's so like pretty and like real. I mean, I, that's why when you guys were talking about, um, there being so many scenes in these types of movies where the characters are doing nothing. Like even in, you know, Kiki's delivery service, it's just a lot of her doing nothing. Like she, she walks around this like uh, little town and she's just, there's no antagonist other than growing up. I mean, you know, it's just about small town life, which I identified with a lot because I grew up in small town Mississippi. <laughs> but um, right. like for the music, like it just, I don't know, to me, it just like propels a story, like it propels the story like nothing else can like no matter what ghibli uh track i'm listening to i know what movie it's from i know how i was feeling when i was watching it like one of my favorite things to do is pull up whole orchestra playing a town with an ocean for you from kiki's delivery service and i was listening to that the other day and i text my 
best friend and I was like, why do I start freaking crying? <laughs> Every time I hear this, like it's like, and it's not even like a painful crying. It's like, oh, this is so beautiful, you know? And my could, it, is, could it be a nostalgic cry? Ooh, <laughs> Dylan, you hit yeah, it in the I head. Think, <laughs> I think so, but my friend is like, because it's beautiful, but also you're a softie. Like, you know, like, <laughs> he, he said, this good, but you a simp. <laughs> like, um, I just, when I watch the, these movies, my life is simpler as well. Mm. You know, so I think it does go back to that nostalgia for me, but also when I was in my classroom, whenever they were working on something, I always put on a Ghibli jazz mix in the background. There it is. Yeah, get that jazz mix. And even my students were like, Mr. A, I really like this music. And the first time one of them said, oh, this is from Spirited Away. I was like, yes, yes it is. <laughs> a, A plus. <laughs> Hit that boy with a gold star. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, Ryan, is that track from Kiki's your favorite, your favorite track from any of the films? Um. Probably it's the one that I um, associate the one the, the most with like my memories and stuff of, of Ghibli. But I also really like the the theme of um, uh, my neighbor Totoro. I like the Hey, let's go. Hey, oh yeah, go. it's I, so it's so catchy and cute. I love it catchy and happy and i sing that actually to my niece all the time so Aww, dude. um yeah because so. yeah, part of why uh howl became my favorite is the music that merry-go-round line uh, Merry Merry round of, of life, life track come on, that son. shit hits on, on another son. level come on son it is like transcendental and if you see somebody in like an airport playing it on the violin i don't even care if i'm late for my flight like i'm staying right yeah. i'm staying i'm staying uh, before Dylan, we miss it, Dylan's before... a gate B12. Nah, <laughs> nah. Before, <laughs> before we miss it, too, the, the longtime composer uh, is actually Joe Hisashi, wizard, like the John Williams of Japan, just absolute wizard. The John Williams of Ryan, did you get a chance to, to see his the newer film that came out, That Boy in the Heron? I did, yeah, I liked it. Um, that I felt like he was cooking on the music, that was like the best soundtrack I've heard in a while from him i feel i want to go see that movie again because i feel like i've only seen it once in theaters and i feel like there was so much that i missed on it like Me too. I, I, I don't feel like i really got it like that was really heavy bro and i was you know so, so i want to see it again like same every other ghibli movie i've seen like a million times but since this one is new i've only seen it once so I feel like, you know, I need to watch it again. But yeah, I agree. Music was really good. So. Um, what's crazy about this film too is it had an under twenty million dollar budget and made just shy of four hundred million, and it became for a long time Japan's highest grossing film at the box office. But do you guys know who dethroned them a couple of years ago? No. It was uh the Demon Slayer Mugen Train film. Get like, out of here. Bro. Yeah. I, I feel like maybe inflation had something to do with it too, but a Demon Slayer was they so don't adjust effing for huge. Inflation? Uh, I could check again, but that's at okay. least like 
I had heard that when the Demon Slayer film came out that it like dethroned it, and I was just like, holy crap. Wow, dude. I, I saw that Demon, Demon Slayer, Slayer film. Though. Too. I, I love Demon Slayer, though. Like, don't get me started on nah, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, the, the film was great, but yeah. yeah, it's insane to like dethrone yeah, it. That's wild. The highest grossing uh, Japanese film like in America is now like Godzilla minus one. And I think that's awesome. Rightfully. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, that movie is amazing. Oh, I'm gonna uh, I'm going again tomorrow. It's re-releasing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah like, because yeah. it re-released in a black and white version. So I'm like, oh, I'm in there like swimwear. Oh, oh. I'm going. Yeah, I need to go. That movie's fantastic. That movie's really good. I saw it one Dylan. Jesus. Yeah, it's super, super crazy. Um, Ryan, I do have a, a weird special question. I heard you pronounce it already, but there is always a debate about how you pronounce the name of the studio because a lot of people say Ghibli, and then they make fun of people who say Ghibli. What's your preferred pronunciation of it? I mean, I say Ghibli. That's what I've always said, even okay. when I was a kid. So I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I always have said Ghibli. So, I mean, if someone... I usually am really like hardcore about pronouncing things correctly, but kind of goes back to, um, for me, that's kind of like when JK Rowling said that Voldemort was actually Voldemort. I was like, nah, bro. No. <laughs> years and seven movies to, to, to come out of that. Oh my like, gosh. Don't get me started on that. I didn't know right, that was so a JK, I you're know. wrong, bro. You're wrong. I didn't know that was a thing. That's a real thing. I was like, in all the there's eight movies, and in all the movies, yeah. it's Voldemort. Yeah, I said, yeah, hard T at the end. Yeah, yeah. At any time. Oh but my gosh. Anyway, back on the Ghibli thing, like, if someone said that to me, I would just be like, well, there's an A. Ghibli is how it's spelled. I mean, you know, that's what I, that's yeah. what I say. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, is there, is there like big discourse over it? Like, there was, there is a bit when in the fandom because I, I watched a documentary and Miyazaki's talking and he said it with a J. So after that, I said it with a J because uh, I'm like the man himself said it. But the origin of it is, um, there is a plane, a certain like fighter plane that they used in like Libya. It's a, a Caproni CA309. I looked this up and that nickname for that was the hot desert wind it's got like libyan um descent and they kind of threw it through an italian thing so it's hot desert wind and it's an italian in the italian way it would pronounce more like ghibli but they put the j on it so he being obviously an aviation person with his father's thing whatnot took that name and that's the name of the company okay so if you look in porco rosso when Porco gets a new plane after the American shoots down his first plane, they go into the little warehouse and they show him a whole engine build and whatnot, and it says Ghibli on the engine. It's a nice little, like, Easter egg. Nice. So I, that's why I wanted to know, because I've heard, like, it's it's kind of a dumb debate, because I feel like, yeah, when you're going from one country to another translation-wise, it's like, oh, I'm going to say it however, but I just think it's funny to... To mess with people and i'm just jibby 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 you know it's almost like because i even feel the same way about like um like calling this film an anime i feel like this is never really looped into animes right yeah me yeah. and steven had this discussion of like 
what could be called manga and what could be called anime we just kind of discern that it was like it's from japan so it's anime yeah and that's how i've always felt and but it's it it, again it it goes back to like um i know i know dylan we've had this conversation before like growing up like there was this kind of like if you watch this kind of stuff the judgment wasn't as harsh as it is now Mm -hmm. i feel like now like again like if i say i like dragon ball z or if i say like hey that's my favorite anime people will be like okay like that you know and it's like but it it, like it's not is it not anymore like what do you mean you know yeah exactly Uh, we had the uh we had this question too uh me and steven about like when we were young too there was no discerning between what was anime and what was just an animated movie like when we popped on monsters inc you were like oh yeah it's a cartoon anime that's that's what your parents called it like this is a cartoon and now it's like there's different classifications to it so i just find it interesting and i i just think yeah there should just be some leeway for people to to be like i'm gonna call it this you know or i'm gonna call it that just enjoy just enjoy the product you know what i mean content baby enjoy the content of it all oh before because i know we're, we're getting close to time um i had some questions that i thought of after i watched the movie and these some of these questions i've had for a while that i was always like i wonder why that is and i just never um got the answer uh there are three questions that i sent to you at the end ryan i don't know if you have the answer either brother but dylan said he does have the answer for at least one there's two of them that i've always wanted to know which is why does no face like chihiro and then the third one which is why for some reason i always felt like that scene when hakuro tells you like not to look back when for those again that may not know or not remember the film at the end of the film the way the climax ends um as we know uh chihiro's parents were turned into pigs at the end uh she has to choose if there's certain pigs like which pigs are your parents and then she's like none of them and they're like you did it and then <laughs> she gets uh to go home with her parents and, and then uh haku tells her that line i don't Dylan, do you have the answer for either of those as to like why like i don't know why I, it stuck with me bro i have a i have good ideas about number one but i, okay. I kind of i want to hear what ryan has to say for it first because i'm interested to hear his take the one about about no face. no face like Chihiro. I don't. My thing about that is because I think because he could just tell that she was different. Like she didn't mm. fall for anything. She didn't fall for the food. She didn't fall for the gold. She was actually genuine. I, I don't know if I'm on track with this. There's no like, right answer here, man. No, yeah, I think that's yeah. great. That's yeah. great. She actually cared about her objective, and that's all she cared about. She didn't care about, you know, getting money or, you know, eating food. She could tell that there was some, even at the very beginning, she could tell there was something fishy. Yeah. And I think he saw that in her and saw, you know, that's that's what I think about that Okay, I like that. I like that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, Miyazaki actually came out recently, and he was talking more about like what No Face was like in general to explain it a little bit. Okay. And he explains it as being, and I've seen this person in my life before. It's a person in your life who doesn't have a personality to them. 
they're basically always like copying and mimicking the people around them to like oh. people please them so he kind of comes in with no discernible face or anything and he's absorbing entertaining doing all these things for people and just kind of like blending in but i always felt like um ah that so no face is literal because i again i always thought of it as like he just took on the the yeah the, the his environment but it really is he is looking for acceptance in others it's just blank and he's like just that, gonna like that he's gonna Gil do Spet whatever that's where the guy's like all right whenever when he's like <laughs> oh uh batman's like not a good whatever he says like i don't think the yeah. batman's that good he's like okay he's like i need okay. one original thought one original <laughs> thought okay got it that's really when, interesting uh, that he said that and Ryan, yeah, it comes up with a good point. Chihiro is different from everyone else who's there. She isn't dancing for gold, and she's not, you know, trying to do all these things to to get something out of him. And it it's constantly intrigued by her, and it's frustrated. Like it gets mad that she won't accept this gold, and it wants to know what she wants, and she keeps claiming like, "I don't want anything. Like, leave me alone." And it's a great uh, mark, you know, along her like growing up hero's journey that she's learning about this environment and everything about the world and Whoa. she's just like no you know i don't i don't want anything from you you and just it, unlocked a chest for me dude that's it, why well it, it culminates like, yeah it culminates even at what the ryan's end, saying yeah. like ryan's saying like oh well like you know jihiro like is is so different so mm. for no face if he's like like you said so like i'm just looking for acceptance in all these people he of course he's going to be intrigued by the girl that's not looking for any of them yeah like, why and, is she yeah. so comfortable with herself in that you and then I mean? uh like, oh, even man. for the end with him when she gives him that piece and then it basically kind of like resolves the whole situation like yeah you don't, you don't even know what to do <laughs> yep yeah he, he also throws up a lot in this movie it's hilarious yeah he does yeah. he does oh before we get to another serious question your question three i have a silly question yeah um what is your guys's version of the pig buffet like in the parents at the beginning, they don't even question it. They just go all oh, chowing down. What's at the buffet for you that you wouldn't even question that there's just a free open food in the environment? That, that's the best question <laughs> of the night, sir. Let me think about it. Let me think about Ryan, it. Ryan, do you have an idea? Ryan, this has to be the food that you're you're out and about. You're willing to accept this mystery food, is, food. This food is there, and you're like, listen, I'm willing to whisk it all for this. Well, I mean, Cam. Because we know each other from the Disney College program, you should know the answer to mine. I mean, mine, I was always looking for nuggets, bro. I hey. was, oh, yeah. <laughs> I anywhere. I was like, I was like, the nuggets at? Can we, like, get some nuggets? Yeah, like, one time, nuggies. One, yeah, time, I I, one time, I ran into a pole because I was looking for nuggets. <laughs> I mean, wait, wait, wait. You ran into a pole? Yes. I'm so confused. On the oh. way out of the Magic Kingdom. So. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I think Cam was like messing with me. He was like, hey, Ryan, you want to go get some and get some nuggets? And I was yeah, like, well, He I'm, just floored it. Floored it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any particular nuggets, like any like fast food joint or something that like that takes the cake? Or is it just going to be like a bouquet of nuggets? Well, I mean, like, okay, so for me classic when i was a kid was mcdonald's and course, i'm always gonna say mcdonald's but wendy's hey has some really 
The nuggets are really good. Solid. You like the spicy? Getting that four for four? Yeah. I, I like them all, bro. <laughs> I like all the sauces. I like the the nuggets. Yeah. I'm not gonna. Lie. I'm gonna be tempted too if I see just a field of golden round nuggets like on the table. I'm 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 going in. I'm not gonna lie. Cam, what you got? Cam, what you got, bro? What's your piggy? What's your piggy buffet? I think. All right. So if if you're gonna, oh man, bro. Oh man, because here's the problem. It's gonna <laughs> so sound, many so many. It's foods. gonna sound. It's gonna sound real black of me, and that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. It's gonna sound real racist hmm. if you put a a bunch of like and i'm talking i don't need like golden fried chicken mm. golden fried you know what i mean like i bite into that and it sounds like i just took a bite out of an apple just you know what i mean like oh i don't like 70s kfc not you know modern day Bro, and like this like, was fried in peanut oil and so your mom I'm, didn't use utensils she oh just grabbed God, it out the fryer bro yeah just <laughs> bare hands exactly yeah if i'm if i'm walking if i'm walking down the street and I look to my right and I see that with like two bottles of like hot sauce next to it. Oh, maybe snap. some maybe some King's Hawaiian bread roll. What kind of hot sauce? What are you talking? What are we talking? So, about? All right. All right. All right. So I am a Cholula fan. I love Cholula hot sauce. Sometimes I'll get to the Tapatio, but I love there's something about the, the vinegar in Cholula that mm. I really enjoy. But like that and like some rolls that I can like rip some out and put it in a in a nice sweet hawaiian roll bro i'm not i'm turning into a pig that day there's nothing you can do about it. i'm i'm converting that's so freaking Happily. great dude that uh, is so fantastic what's yours man oh yours? man no i didn't say mine yet it's it's difficult it's difficult that's tough that's tough i i just go through too many seasons of like being obsessed with a certain food and then the next day i absolutely hate it like right now, yeah. I'm, in my I'm head, big. I was saying birria. Yeah. I was gonna say birria tacos. I was in my head. I was like birria. Oh. I was like, nah, but that's not. We like, get sick what? of it, right? Yeah. Like after a while, I'm like, all right, I'm I'm good on that. You know? Like I'm huge on breakfast food right now for no good reason. Like mm. waffles, eggs, bacon. Like I've just been dying for it. Yeah. But if it's gonna be like my go-to food that I do like way too often, it's a burger. I told people because burgers exist on this planet, you'll never see a six pack version of me. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't even matter. Like you had a hard (laughs) day, bro. Let's go get a burger. We'll get a burger. Like it could be a shit burger too, or it could be a good one. What's a, what's a, what's a Dylan burger consist of the perfect Dylan burger. Honestly, most of the time it's just basic. It's basic as fudge. Just like, just put ketchup, just put, cheese and ketchup on it and i'm just there it's just about eating what i assume to be the essence of america itself Mm. nestled between two buns you know what i mean there's places i won't eat from what'd you say cheeseburger in paradise see what i'm saying yeah like i can't be i can't be fit because i can't like be like oh yeah i'm gonna do this and yeah i'm gonna fucking meal prep and get some brown rice no like at the end of the week there's a burger waiting for me and i don't it's like that scene in, with ed and good burger like i'm not talking the burger's talking to me yeah. it's like eat me going. i gotta dine oh my god Jeez, yeah bro. if there's if there was a table like that full of burgers and just like a big ass glass of eggnog you'd never see me again never <laughs> That's your I, last meal on death row. Yeah, that's the death row meal. It's like a fucking two, 
two burgers and a glass of eggnog and I'll be at the bathhouse for the rest of my life scrubbing the feet of whatever the hell was in the elevator with Chihito (laughs) man looked like a big old turnip I don't know what he was oh man I can't I I, I don't even what do you say Ryan that's a big old turnip with nipples (laughs) it's a nip turn they were so they were so distinct. I was just like, why? Why? <laughs> just zoom. Honestly, I was waiting for that guy to appear in the stage version because there were so many cool interpretations of what like Yubaba and the floating heads looked like. And I was waiting for that moment because I'm like, where's that big fat guy with the with the with the nips with the in nips. the elevator? <laughs> with the nips. And he there. And he he's out. He's in the stage show? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Man. With the hey, with man. the doink doink turkey is done, he's there. Hey. They're keeping it uh, true, true, true what's, what's your last? What's your other serious question? I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, we'll stop here, or yeah, we'll we'll end close to here. Because uh, again, I don't have the answer here. So, like I said, I, I already prefaced the question. Uh, at the end of the film, uh, when Chihiro goes back with her parents, he tells Haku tells Chihiro not to look back when she goes to reunite with her parents. Does anyone think that means anything, or is it just like a casual like, don't look back, enjoy your life, you know? For me, it's like that's kind of a recurring thing in fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like, like I mean, like Peter Pan. You know, yeah. like at the end of Peter Pan, Mister Darling says, "Oh yeah, I remember that from when I was very young." Or a a scene that's exactly like this is in Jungle Book whenever. He goes to the main village because the girl, the, whose name is Shanti, by the way, yeah, um, he meets the girl and he wants to follow her, but then he's trying to look back and Baloo's telling him to look back and Bagheera's saying, no, don't look back. I mean, I think it's just a look forward, enjoy your life, you know, you leave bits of childhood behind it. And that's kind of sad, but I mean, it's it's true yeah absolutely that's a great way to look at it dude yeah i feel i feel more than anything reviewing this film talking with you ryan has made me really realize like this is one like his version of like a modern uh yeah fairy tale folk tale and whatnot and yeah like even like cam said which is really cool like it feels like an alice in wonderland thing it feels like a wizard of oz thing like you're going away on this coming of age journey because you need to be you need something to be built up so you can continue on with your life on the outside. Like you need this lesson, this strength. And at the end, I feel like, yeah, Haku's just telling them like, this chapter is done. Like, mm-hmm. don't look back here. This place ain't for you and it's not for you anymore. You're moving on to this and, and carry on, you know? I love it, dude. That's about it. That's all I got. Hell man. Bro, final thoughts, man. Final thoughts on Spirited Away. Final thoughts. We'll, we'll go Ryan, with you. Which, which, oh, we'll go Ryan. Shit. We'll go Ryan. That's fine. I wasn't Ryan. ready. <laughs> yeah, Ryan. That's fine. Final thoughts, man. Just final thoughts on Spirited Away. I mean, Spirited Away, it just started a whole new, uh, like, chapter of fandom for me. So I just, I mean, looking back on it, like, like Dylan said, I remember seeing when I was a younger child of preview for my neighbor Totoro and Kiki's delivery service but I was like what is this can I can I get to the actual movie um <laughs> so I don't think I watched those when I was a young child but 
watching it as a teenager, I mean, I think also that was a turning point for me and everything that I kind of make creative, like stories and puppets, characters that I create, you know, they're really influenced by Studio Ghibli and everything that they, and that started for me with Spirited Away. So it means a lot to me. So Nice, man. How about you, Dylan? Final thoughts. Um, if this is the film that gets you into Miyazaki's film, I'm very, very happy. But do yourself a favor, please, and just write down everything that he's got and watch through them all. Uh, any order you want, honestly, it's fascinating either way. It's interesting to see like his progression, how the style changes between, you know, the animation, the music, etc. Um, but these are extremely special films they're built differently if i'm going to say that they're they're focused on you know nostalgia they're focused on slowing things down on like a, a you know different simpler things they're focused on character building there's no other way to describe them other than fantastic so please take your time and, and get into them and and let us know what you think yeah absolutely i think i'll, I'll sum it up uh with me just saying like this film was truly groundbreaking and as a young adult who saw this movie, this movie kind of cemented for me that I don't think I'll ever be too old for an animated film. And this movie kind of cemented that line, watching it in a dorm room full of 20 year old black dudes and us all <laughs> on the verge of sobbing to like piano. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, this film is, is iconic in so many ways that we couldn't fit into an hour. Um, but I will say Ryan, Thank you so much for for just bringing this film up, letting us talk about it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not even everyone's favorite uh, Mizaki film. And at the same time, it's still breathtaking how amazing it is. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming on, dude. It's been such a joy, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, man, of course. But anyway, man, it's been Cam. Been doing. This has been Extra Butter. Have a good day, y'all. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you.